the whole world sees a manifestation of the Holy Ghost coming out of us and things happening in this nation, and they said, glory to God, they're going to say, this is of God. I want whatever they got, because look, they just speak it, it happens. Speak those things that are not as though they are. What are they not? What does America need to be today? That's what you speak. You do not come in line with what's going on in the world. You don't speak what's going on in the world, but you speak what God wants to go on in the world and what he says the world should be doing. But it's time that the church wakes up. It's time that your church comes outside. Amen. It's time that we start running our government. It's time that we say, enough's enough. I want to tell you something. Church is fed up. When you start taking out... Uh-uh, the church is getting mad now. You're not taking it to take something out of the Bible. You know what it says about that, don't you? Your name will be taken out of the Lamb's Book of Life. And that means our government and our people. And if we let them, ours too. I'm going to tell you the biggest thing I think God's mad at America is we let. And I want to tell you something. The Constitution don't say that they have a that we have rights of any religion does not say that. I've got it. It says we are free to worship God in our nation. We're free to worship. Nobody can stop us or tell us we have to worship a certain way. But I want to tell you something right now. The most dangerous thing God is, is we let other gods be served and worshipped in our nation. God destroyed nation after nation for letting that happen. We're supposed to tear them down. We're supposed to bring them down. We first need to bring them down in the spirit. And when you sever, put the root of mammon up. When you sever the root of mammon, what you're saying is the Bible says that the root of mammon is the root of all evil. What this is saying, that you have to cut the root of all evil, the love of money. And if they have mammon, it's a root to all evil. That means they take this money and do evil with it, and their spirit with that, that helps them to do it. This man, sorcerer, that is doing all of this stuff, he is the one paying the kids, college kids, $1,000 to walk out on the main highways and go across the highways and stop traffic. He is using his money to do evil. He's tapped into this spirit. I have been getting my church people and people to find this with me, sever the root of mammon off of him. The first thing he lost was his progressive insurance company. You know the girl that's all the time talking about progressive? He owned that. And he was using the money to do that. Guess how much he charges for that? He charges $350 a month for insurance for your car. Every month. When my insurance was 350 for six months in North Carolina. So I'm showing you where he's getting the money off of Christians and everybody else. And they will take people that nobody else will take, but they're getting more money. They're doing evil. Okay. Now they went, and uh, the Clintons did, and Bush, and old Bush, went and collected all this money for the hurricane victims in, where was it? Haiti. They never give them a dime of that money. And when they asked the Clintons about it, they said, we use that money to travel and to build up our charities. 
they have none got none of them millions of dollars right now the three carter bush and clinton is doing it again for all of these people in texas which will they'll put it right back in their bill up their charities again we can stop it i want you to bind this charities they have sever the root of mammon off of their charities because they're not doing it don't give them a dime for their charities because they are putting that to fight against the government. They want to set, make a one-world government. What they're wanting to do, they're trying to do things that's awful. And to, and and they're what they're trying to do. Listen, as I talk to people that's been to Muslim countries, in every country in service, all the people's on some kind of drug, opium or something. They get all their people so doped up. If they're in a zombie, they just don't know what's happening. The government just does whatever they want to do. That's what our government wants to do. That's why they made trying to make uh, the dope legal. So you can have all the grass you want and smoke all the grass. But if you're a pothead, my nephew, my husband's nephew, said that if he had a drink when he was drinking pot and he goes up the highway and there's a car on the side of the road, he thinks he's following it and he's wrecked about two weeks. Just got in behind them and crashed them for going 60 miles an hour. Imagine that. And you want all these people out there that runs into your rear end and you park on the side of the road? Well, this is crazy, isn't it? A young girl and three guys run to her 18-wheeler asleep on the side of the road on pot. It took her head almost off. They think they're following you. She said she thought she was following an 18-wheeler. It stopped on the side of the road. That's what grass does to you. You think you want some? No. We don't want our children in it either. So just these, these few things that I'm trying to bring up. Some of the reasons why you should be fasting and praying. Some of the reasons why you should do spiritual warfare. Most of all, I want you to know what spiritual warfare is. Why do I know so much about demons? Because I've had these spirits are familiar to me. One day I asked God, if anybody, come, if I'm in a meeting and anybody's got cancer, if I walk over to you, I see it. I know it. And I'm right on every time. Well, this bugged me a little bit. I said, God, I want to know why I'm so zeroed in on that. He said, because you've been cured of cancer. You've had that demon. He said, it's a familiar spirit. It's like an old boyfriend. Think you wouldn't know your old boyfriend if you run into him? That's what familiar means. You're familiar with that spirit, and that's why you recognize it every time. So we're having, Wednesday night, we're having a service, and there's a lady in the back next row. She's bending over, and she's, I can tell she's in pain. I just get up and go back there and put my arms around her, and immediately I said, oh, no. I just saw inside of her, and I saw this cancer. I said, oh, no, honey, you got a blood disease. I didn't want to tell you about cancer. <laughs> She said, I know, I just had chemotherapy, and I'm so sick. I said, God, how am I fixing? God, I'm ready. I didn't want to be right on. He said, Betty, it's a familiar spirit to you. I said, you're familiar. All these strong men are familiar to me. I've had all of them. I've been out there in the world. There's a stripper. When you're in that world, you run into every kind of spirit comes in that club. Listen to me. If I had spirits in me now, if I didn't fast and pray, I would. If you're not fast and pray, you got some. That's the only way you're going to get rid of them. 
If you never place your faith, you're very unclean. Physically and spiritually. If the son of the living God had to fast and pray for three days of ministry, why are you so prideful that you think that you can do it without fasting at all or fasting for only three days for 30 years or 60 years of ministry? This should be a way of life to you. You know, most other countries fast at least one day a week. You know Catholics even fast one day a week. Yet, the body of Christ seems to think they don't need to. And you're, the more you fast, the more spiritually you become because it's less of you and more of them. And less of you in charge and more of the Holy Spirit in charge because you're too weak to be in charge. And sometimes God has to bring us down to where we're weak. Jesus had to weaken himself as a man that he could make sure he'd done the will of the Father. He did not trust himself as a human being, so he had to weaken the human side of him that his spirit man could get bigger and take on the will of God, that he could not fail the will of God, or we're all lost. Now the whole world is lost unless you do it. And what are you doing? Are you doing anything to be more spiritual, or are you just feeding self all the time? Well, I'll let you choose by that. If you want to keep your body healthy, you think you have to eat three meals a day, correct? Well, my Bible tells me that for me to be spiritual, to be more spiritual, my spirit to be bigger than my flesh and to walk in the spirit, then I'm going to have to eat more spiritual food than I eat physical food. So I want to ask you a question. You eat, the time you eat your lunch, you probably, or breakfast or dinner, you probably spent from 30 minutes to an hour how much of that time do you spend in the Word eating it? You know you owe God 24 hours a day. He gave, uh, not 24, but two, two, two hours and 40 minutes a day. You owe God a tithe of that. How many do you give God this tithe of your time? Well, that will cut short your time of living because you cheated God out, so you lose that time. And that might be why a lot of you are sick because you're not paying tithes with your time. This thing gets deeper. <laughs> you don't want me. <laughs> I'll get you coming and going. You see, I've learned this by tithing me, even tithing my body to do things. Sometimes I, I go, once a year, I would go to Atlanta, and I would tithe myself, my body, to go and do this free. And to bring all the street people in and I would do my testimony. And I spent a whole evening casting demons out of them and them getting saved. Well, that was my tithing to my body. And I did that every year. So I do things like that. And I tithe my body. So my body has been fasted and tithed. And I fast when I do that. So that my body, then that gives my body longer life. And that means because I tithe off of it, I get more blessed. My body's blessed. That's why I have perfect blood work. It's because I do it. And because I fast. And every time that I fast, guess what it does? Your fasting purifies your body. I'm supposed to be doing spiritual warfare, but 
I can't let you do spiritual warfare if you're unclean. If you're unclean, that opens you up that a spirit can come in you or you can have retaliation. So I'm covering some of the areas a little bit before I take you in there. But truly, people should really do a good fast, get rid of everything in them. Like I did, you need to get rid of self. If you don't believe self is in charge, you just pay attention to what you're saying, and you'll see that you talk more about other things than you do about Jesus. Just think on those things for a few minutes. Okay, let's show. We're showing the spirit of mammon. The Bible says that he told me I, I took down about 20 poplar trees 40 feet high in my backyard, but then I had to go after all the time and around the trunk. I had to keep cutting them little sprigs growing back. So if you don't sever the root and kill the root, then it tries to grow back up again. The tree will grow back. So that means that you have to sever the root of mammon at the root to kill the tree. And this is talking about an evil tree. Jesus says that you'll know a tree by the fruit it bears. So when you start talking out of your mouth, I judge you by what you say, who you are, and what you are, and where you are. I know exactly where you are by you running your mouth. That's why less we talk, <laughs> less people know. And I know what stronghold you have, and I know what strong man's talking out of you. And I know how much you've studied the Word of God by what you're saying. Now, when you pray, God knows how much you study the Word of God by what you're praying to God. If you was going to go see the President of the United States today, you would use a lot of wisdom to try to talk smart, wouldn't you? Well, why aren't you studying what God says in his word so you can go to God and you can talk right to him and you can say, he says, remind me of my word. Well, when you go to God, you're supposed to be talking back his word to him. And whenever you go back to God and say, Lord, you said that if I do this, this is what you said. You said that if I would pray for those in authority over me, According to your will, that you would do it. What is God's will for our leaders? Most of all is that they yield to his direction, yield to produce his will on earth as it is in heaven. So we should be praying the word of God. And I've got you prayer after prayer on those subjects in some of these books so that you can know exactly how to pray for your president every day. Every day that you don't pray for the president of the United States and you don't pray for Israel, you do not have peace in your life. And you do not have peace in your physical being. That means because you didn't pray for Israel, you don't have peace. I have peace. So my heartbeat is 69, 24 hours a day. My heartbeat was 69 before surgery, during surgery, and after surgery. That's how much peace I had. Why? Because I prayed for Israel before I went in. So if you're not, you have to say, this is an important thing in my life. I have to do this, this, this. And if you do what he says, then your body lines up with it. Your body does what his word says. He says, my word won't come back void, but it will proceed and do what I sent it out to do. And so if we do his word, then all of these things line up, and it will happen inside of us. So everything you do has to do with your body and how your body functions and works. Because God designed you and made you to function in the will of God. And you can't function properly and perfectly and be in good health unless you are in line with what the Word of God says for you to do. So as you line up and do what He says and make it a priority, the first thing I do every morning, wake up, good morning, Father, thank you. Thank you for protecting me overnight. Thank you for the good sleep. I go get me a cup of coffee. I walk on my son's porch. I sit down. 
set my coffee down and say, God, I thank you today. I come to you, Lord. You said to pray for those in authority over me. I hold up our president. I go right down the line. You see, God has everything in line, everything in authority. God's a God of authority. God's a God of order. You have to be like God. You learn to talk like God. You learn to act like God. If you've got God in you, you're going to act like him. You're going to talk like him. You're going to look like him, and you're going to dress like him. And you put him in line and start lining up to doing it, and you will see God flow in your life. God made you in his image. If God made you in his image, then you should start looking like him, talk like him, and act like him. You know, when you start doing that, the devil thinks you're God coming and he runs like hell. He is afraid of you. Let me tell you. When I come into a room and somebody's got a demon, I'm going to say, No, no, don't come near me. I said, Yeah, I'm coming. You're going out. You can't be in the same room with me. I have authority over you and you got to do what I tell you to do. Go. You see, you've got to know who you are in Jesus Christ. And this is going to help you know who you are in Jesus Christ. So I won't really get into some of these strongman stuff so you can do it. But I have these so many here right here, but we can see that these are copied before I leave this place, okay? I need some Kleenex. I'm talking too fast. had to drive across this bridge, this ocean, the part of the ocean water, and this is where your bases are, the main bases that protect America, and you have one of every one of them, and they protect Washington. And God said, this is the most likely place they'll ever bomb, and you need a prayer going up 24 hours a day. You need a prayer mountain here. 
Well, they had a man come from Australia, and he was a prophet speaking, and he said uh, the same thing. I had said that in the meeting that I was in, and he spoke in the Assembly of God, which had over 5,000 members. And they, he said, Pastor said, God says that he needs a prayer mountain here. He's going to send somebody from Cho's ministry. Well, I had been up there, but not in their church, around the church by Meth Pastor. Pastor stood up and said, Jackie, call Betty Green, get her back up here. I want to tell you what happens when they don't follow through. Today, that church that had 5,000 5, members, one of the pastors' wife died with cancer. I don't know what happened to the others. The church split today. They don't have attendance in a big church because they didn't follow through with the prayer mountain. Why did God want a prayer mountain to cover the nation? To cover all those bases. Every place that's not done what God said, Houston was one. I went to Houston, me and Mama Choi did. And I preached there. Then I went to Austin, Texas, which is the worst place in the world because it's college, it's an intellectual place. Okay? I actually run into Satan. Only time I've ever saw Satan like that. And then two intercessors is at the state capitol at the time. And we're praying. And all of a sudden, look at For just a minute, it scared you. It was so horrible. It was so horrible. Scary, it was scary like, and I said, oh my God, there's Satan. That, and there was two spirits with him. And then all of a sudden, something inside started coming up out of me. It started rising up. Ah! I come out like, the warrior in me come out, and boy, them spirits went like that. The police car come and said, what y'all doing here? <laughs> but that's where um, I went there to come back woman that took prayer out of school. That's what I was there for. But God ended up letting me do a prayer mountain there. We have a prayer mountain in Austin, Texas. Well, Houston declined it. And they, the oil wheels quit. Destruction come to Houston. It was awful after that. So when God really wants a prayer mountain and you don't do it, okay, the other place was Detroit, Michigan. I want you to look what's in Detroit, Michigan now, and God wanted a prayer mountain. A man wanted to give me a mind, the money to build a prayer mountain, and his sister-in-law said, no, I don't think he should give you the money. I think he should leave that to my sister. Guess what happened to her when I left her house? I get to Nashville, Tennessee. I left $50 and thanked them for their hospitality in a card of appreciation, and they went out and ate Thanksgiving dinner that night. And when she come back, she said, I don't feel so good to my husband. And she dropped dead. My husband calls me in Tennessee and said, honey, I got bad news for you. I said, what is it? He said, you know the woman who you stayed? I said, yeah. He said, they went out to dinner with the food I paid for. Still in her mouth, in her body. She stopped. God's what God wanted. She got in God's way. Here's what God said to me. And my husband told me, he said, she got in my way. She stopped my will. Now, Muslims have just about took it over. Look what would have happened if we had done a prayer mountain. Years before that, I had Parsley's Church in a Fiston retreat. And we are praying, I'm praying, and I look and I see 
out of this moss, I see a shallow stuff like a river coming down through Ohio, spreading. And I prophesied to them and told them what I was seeing. You see, there's a reason. Every prayer mountain just about is next to a face. We not only cover the United States in the war, we cover everything else, okay? So almost everyone has been. This four-star general drew this picture and said, this is me. And I was speaking to therapy and said, this is what they've said for years, too. And for him to put everything I've been saying, okay, this is a church. The church goes in. You know how the war is. We go in and we bomb out and take out the stronghold. Well, a church, you know, when they were building the wall, they couldn't fight and build the wall. They needed the Air Force at that time, you say, to be to guard them. So I'm the one that goes in. If I come in here, I take out all the strongholds, then the church can go in. What do they do? They go in, and all them people that I cast demons out of, and all these people got delivered, they heal them. They teach them the Word of God. They go in and take over them. See what it, what's like? Well, he drew this picture so you could understand it. Okay? And then this is what he said about the straw man. You want to read it out loud to everybody? That's what he said when he saw me do this in the temple of God in my life. It's titled The Church as the Lord's Army. I believe the military forces of the United States are organized based on God's principles of warfare. When this nation was being formed, the Lord provided powerful men like George Washington to seek, discern, and begin to lay the foundations of this country and its military forces. The United States proposed a purpose has been and must continue to be the well-being and protection of the nation of Israel. In Chapter 2, Watchmen, page number 8 of Reverend Betty Green, Green's Who Are the Strongmen Over Our Nation?, the comparison of setting watchmen over the walls to ministry, ministers safeguarding their churches is a great example of how the army of the Lord must function. Following are some comparisons between the doctrine, tactics, and organizations of the United States Army and the United States Air Force and examples of how the Lord's army must operate. The mission of the Air Force is to provide a covering for the ground forces, i.e. the army. The Air Force is able to strike behind enemy lines, bombard his strongholds, and weaken his entire support structure. This allows the Army to move forward, gain a hold ground, and defeat the enemy. The Air Force is like the prayers of the saints, in that prayers go forth to bombard and weaken Satan's strongholds prior to an assault. The prayers of saints are a powerful and effective form of long-range warfare. Once the enemy has been weakened, the ground forces, i.e. army, can begin to maneuver and close with the enemy. U.S. Army doctrine states that the primary mission of ground infantry is to close with and kill the enemy. This ultimate ground force mission is supported by a multitude of other combat, combat support, and combat service support forces, as well as continuing coverage by air assets. The ratio of war to superior uh, to supporter is roughly 1 to 25, one warrior to every 25 supporters. The comparison to the church 
the Lord's army is this. Christians often fight demonic forces on the individual basis for optimum results. As we battle these forces, we must realize we don't have to fight as individuals. The church body is designed to operate as a military force. The warriors have been them the full power of God's army. Intercessors, binders and loosers, healers, other and the continual protection of the prayers of the saints. Just as man forces are led, coordinated and organized by command authority, i.e. president, secretary of defense, generals, colonels, and other forces and non-commissioned officers, so is the army of the Lord organized with ministers, prophets, elders, deacons, and other members of the church body who have specific missions. Command authorities lie, lies with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. When the church is directed by God to take action, those in position of authority are responding to God's authority from God. He knows the overall tactic situation and knows when, where, and with what weapon to strike. Command authority has be, uh, must be carried out immediately before the enemy situation changes. When U.S. forces move into battle, it is with the purpose of defeating the enemy, occupying his land, and setting up a just government. As the churches be church begins to acknowledge the power it has in Jesus Christ, the church as a body, i.e. God's army, will begin to be able to go out and reclaim territory from the enemy. Just as the army is organized to achieve man's goals, God's army will be able to conquer Satan's forces, take and hold ground in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and prepare the establishment of God's kingdom. All principality and powers, that's where you should be. I want you to see this because I want you to see where you should be and where you should be when you're praying and what you should think. You're above Satan's kingdom. See Satan's kingdom underneath? Well, Paul says to pull those down. Those are the principalities, powers of darkness. And you have to say them just like they are in the Bible because uh, they're in order. Uh, God is the God of order, and you've got to remember to learn these things to do order with God because God's going to do it. And God can't be in agreement with you if you're out of order. Everything's order. He set everything in line. And so that means you're subject to all of this. And that means you're subject to your pastor. He is subject to. Everybody's subject. It's apostles, prophets. Y'all know the story. You've had that teaching. So everything that you want God to do, then you're going to have to be in order with it so that you can be. Satan has set up a rival kingdom in opposition to God's individual heavenly kingdom. Satan, the kingdom, is now headquarters in an area called the heavenlies that extend from the outer premieres of God's dwelling down through the unseen spiritual realm that surrounds us. This is called Satan's army. And Ephesians 6 and 12 tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but what? Against principalities, against power. See how he names them. He puts the ranks. The highest rank is principalities. 
So when you pray, I take authority over the principalities, the powers, and the rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual weakness in high places in the heavenlies. I bind them. I command them to be bound and operable. I command them to move between us and the heavenly realm that we can receive the things from God. Amen. And as you bind them, they are bound means. Stop putting into. Can't hinder me from receiving from God. You understand this? I want to tell you this so you see it. The spiritual world is the spiritual world is occupied by fallen angels who are chief rulers and commanding officers. The evil spirits serve as front line front soldiers. These demon spirits, under the command of wicked spirits of fallen angels, seek to weaken and immobilize the visible army of God's church. You and I. Their aim to accomplish this by invading the bodies of men through sickness, weakness, pain, deception, fear, perverted sexual desires. God's army is involved in a holy war, and the holy war and angels of God assist us as we pray our Heavenly Father's will through praying the Word of God. You don't pray nothing but the Word. I'm trying to tell you, you've got to know the Word to pray it. You've got to write you some prayers down. And claiming the merits of the shedded blood of Jesus, we are the victory team. We know that they're winners, for we've read the end of the book. We are overcomers. The Bible tells us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper in Isaiah 54 and 17, and also that the gates of hell shall not prevail against us in Matthew 16 and 18. Praise the Lord. Amen. You like that? Give me my plate. I'm putting this back because somebody might buy this book. We ain't giving you that. <laughs> we keep. This is the only book I got here. I didn't know that. But I brought some little ones that I printed off little short forms of it. So this is Satan's kingdom. What I do is I give you God's kingdom versus Satan's kingdom so you can see each one so you know and you can follow through. Okay, let's go with some of these strong men up here. You got uh, the uh, good good tree up there. What's the next one? You go with. Okay, here is a good tree. If you don't have the strong man, if you don't have the other, this is a good tree, and it, you should be bearing all the things that's on this tree. Pull it down, let them see it. Can you pull it down? It, it probably has all of them right there. This is what the Bible says that you will be showing out of you if you're a good tree. You'll know what kind of tree you are by what you bear. You know, as I show these, these strong men, just say, oh, I know somebody's got that. Over and over again. So you're seeing what tree they have. Now let's go to the next tree. This is an evil tree, and this is a tree that kills you. All of these things that's in there. See, see an evil tree, what it looks like? It's dead. Now let's go to the first strong man. This is a spirit of bondage. Everybody that's lost has a spirit. These are the things that holds people into bondage. It's drugs. So look at each one of these things up here. Now, the spirit of bondage is the strong man, and all of these others are demons. But every tree, every person can have. Jesus cast demons out, and he said, what's your name? And they said, legions. They didn't have a name because they had so many names because they were legions of them. There's 120 in each legions, and they were legions, many legions in that one man. So that's how many demons people can have in them. But every demon will manifest. Sometime or another, it'll manifest out of them. So you can just about know who has what. 
you see people that's in bondage, you see people on drugs, you, you can see it in their eyes, I can. Uh, when somebody's high on drugs, I see it in their eyes. I see it in their, how they act, talk, everything. Anybody that's drinking, they spur, slur, they talk too much, they talk the wrong way they shouldn't talk. Some of them tries to get religious and talk about God when they get drunk because they're feeling conviction. So different things, but these are the manifestation. And if you see people doing any of these things, it'll show you this is spirit of bondage that people are in bondage to. And you, what you do is you sever the root of mammon, you bind the spirit of bondage, and you loosen each one of these. Now, what you've got to understand is behind each one of these trees in this book, I have 25 pages of scriptures on each of those demons inside of that strong man. For that many times. Should we ignore these strong men and these demons when God put it in there that many times? Don't you think that's important? I started thinking about what Jesus casted out, what he called it. Should this man be bound by this spirit so long? Should this woman has been bound by this spirit how many years? Stole everything she had? She's bound by it, kept her spirit. It controlled her. Not only that, it cost her everything she had. Just think about it. You don't know these spirits. You don't want them on your family. You don't want them on the church, you, people. You don't want them. So all we have to do is we bind this. It's subject to you. When you say, I bind you, it says, binding means stop and put an end to. And then because you have the Holy Spirit, that spirit has to obey you. It has to go wherever you tell it to go. I am looking for a place. Now, because God says, sunset here while I make the enemy your footstool, if he's making his footstool, putting the enemy under Jesus' feet, then another place says his feet is sitting on the world. Well, the world's sinful too. That's the only place I found. Carol doesn't like it. She says, I like to worship at his footstool. Why is she worshiping when he's footstool when he said, brought her to sit in high places far above with him? So you're not, that's making yourself, that's undoing the blood to me. By the blood that made me able to come into the holies of holies, that made me pure, that made me a saint. You understand? Now I have the privilege of coming in. And he said he caused us to come and sit in higher places with him, far above the principalities. Well, if the enemy is this footstool, I don't want to be down there with the enemy worse than God do. I want to be up there with him now. Used to, we might have. But now that we have the Holy Spirit, we have the Godhead in us. You have all three Godheads in you. You're walking around with a manifestation of three Godheads in you, and you're acting weak, and you're acting like you can't do anything. Once you wake up to who you are, what you are, and what God has given you the privilege, woo! See, I just happen to be believe who I am in God and who he is in me. If I have the creator in me, and he said I can do the things he done and even more, I can create, I can speak those things or not, I can speak a new heart in you, bless God, I can create in you what isn't. 
what do I want in you? What is wrong in you? Well, I'm not going to let what's wrong in you be in you because he says that I have authority to speak those things that are not as though they are. And what is not is going to be are. It's that simple. I'm getting a little bit far away out there for you, but I just want you to know that, that you can speak those things into being. Speak those things that are not into being. Think on that a minute. What is your loved ones not? If they're not saved, why are you not speaking them into the kingdom of God? If your husband's not doing what he should, start speaking those things that God says for him to be, not what you want him to be, because you might need to be the change. Because you're laying your own sin, you're saying what you want, not what God wants. What does God want him to be? When he becomes what God wants him to be, you're going to love him because you love God. You love the God in him. And then you will be in sync. You'll be flowing together because it'll be God's spirit in both of you and both of you will be in peace with each other. This ain't me talking. I'll tell you the difference every once in a while when God starts speaking into these things. But let's go to the next spirit. I want to give you enough but i got to build in you enough to let you know who you are so that you can do what I'm going to have you do, okay? I'm taking you somewhere. Go with it. They've already, they have this school, so they've had this up here. Some of them, but some of you come since we've done it. Seducing Spirit, this is Hollywood, California, and God showed me I could not go to any state or any country, preach anywhere till I went to Hollywood. I did not want to go to Hollywood. It reminded me of my old self and so much sin. I didn't like California because I lived in Miami and Miami was alive and the trees and everything's beautiful and it's so desert in California. I didn't like it when I went out there. So I didn't want to go back, but I didn't have no choice because Mama Troy flew into L.A. and I was told I had to fly and meet her. So I ended up in California and at the same time the day that I'm getting ready to fly, this preacher that met me at ORU, I was on Richard Roberts' show and he up to me and said, I want you in my church because it costs to get you to L.A. in my church. And said, I didn't, wasn't very friendly to him. And he thrust his card in my hand and said, I'll call you. I said, no, I ain't coming to California myself. And so me and Richard went on up to prayer for him. Richard acted like he was bothering me, so he went away. <laughs> and uh, so the day I was supposed to fly to Mama Choi's, he called me. <laughs> And said, Betty says, I'd like for you. I said, I just happen to be coming to L.A. He says, I would like for you to come to my church and speak. I said, well, I can't unless you will let me bring Dr. Cho's mother-in-law with me. I thought the phone went dead for a minute. He didn't say anything for a few minutes. And I said, uh, you there? He said, Betty, are you trying to tell me that you can bring Paul Young and Cho's mother-in-law to my church? I said, well, that's the only way you get me. She cannot be out of my sight. I'm responsible for her and nothing. He said, you got it. <laughs> well, he just happened to have tons of actors in his church. <laughs> Woo, and he wanted my testimony. And I wanted them to hear Mama Joy. <laughs> so they got, we stayed a week. They got to hear us both. And in that, God had showed me Hollywood, and Hollywood was a spider web, 
and there's a big spider in it. And those spiders, they come. They build a spider web to catch you in it, and then they eat you once you get the spider web get caught in it. And he said, that's what Hollywood is. And I want you to go and tear the spider web down. He said, it's called a seducing spirit. The spider seduces you into the web. And you come flying in for what it promises you. And once you get in the web, you can't get out. And it desires you. And you're going to go and tear this seducing spirit down. Well, guess what? God let me win all of these actors right in Hollywood. And I went from house to house with the actors winning other ones to Jesus, casting out devils. So we had about 300. And as 300 ex-showgirls took down Hollywood doing spiritual warfare, they got so that they could not, uh, a stubborn root of mammon couldn't get enough money to make movies. And they thought they'd come to Miami, but they didn't know I lived there. They didn't even know me. So they come to Miami, and I get all my groups in Miami buying it. Guess where they went next? To North Carolina. Well, guess what? I moved to North Carolina. They can't get away from me. And that's why they're having such a hard time making movies. They started going to the devils to get devil movies and bad movies because letting him permit them to get money. So when we sever the root of mammon, we're stopping them to get money from the devil then. And we do what we're going to be doing. So I'm showing you how to do We have more smarts than they do because we have God. We have the creator in us, and there's nothing impossible for us to bring down, nothing impossible binding means stop and put an end to. When God said, what we serve, we bind on earth, he binds in heaven, that means it's not going to happen. It is a set deal. You decreed a thing, and God backs it up, and nothing else can over-decree it, stop it. When a decree goes out and you say, I bind this, it's decreed. It's dead. It's gone. You've got to get this in you. You've got to get this in you, who you are, what you are, what you have in you when God says, I give you authority over all, say all, all. principalities. Principalities is the highest archis Satan has in his kingdom. Principalities, powers of darkness. When you come down the line, you have authority over all of them. Just think a whole kingdom. And I'll tell you something, they have no power. You have all the power. They're afraid of you. And because you're in the image of God, they think you're God coming, Adam. And if you really live it and your light is so shining, all they can see is that light coming. Oh, my God, here comes God. Let's get out of here. We're, we got to leave this place. You've got to see who you are. That's why I keep putting that word in me. I want to shine. I want that word to consume in fire. I want that word to be in me, that glory to God wherever I come. You see, the word is the anointed one. When I started saying that Jesus is the word of God and he's the anointed one, I said, the more word I put in me, the more anointing I have. I said, come on, word, we're packing me full. I want that anointing to when I walk in a place, glory to God. If you've got anything wrong with you, it's going to start shaking. It's going to come off of you because that anointing is going to break it off. You see, it can't stand in the anointing. It breaks. It has to leave. And God wants you to be anointed. And you're just as anointed as how much word you put in you. If you're not putting any word in you, you're not anointed. That you don't have Jesus in you. Hey, like that. If you're not studying the word of God, and you're not putting a word in you, faith cometh by hearing of God, you have no faith you ain't playing the Bible on tape. Because you don't hear enough of pure word. 
when we stand up here and preach, you hear a lot of what we say, but you don't get enough word to have the anointing. The word is anointed. Well, our words aren't, unless we're speaking the word. The reason I'm anointed is I punish me to see that I have the anointing in me. That's the only way you, you want to be anointed. That's how you get it. No matter what Miss Betty wanted to do, she played the Word of God. It was a priority that I heard that Word 24 hours a day. I, I proved God. God said, do not let it leave your ears. Read it. See it. Hear it. Didn't he? I said, how am I going to do that? He said, you play it all night. You play it while you're cooking. You play it while it's still. He says, no matter what, the word of God breaks everything else in you. The word of God goes in you. It permeates you just by you hearing it. And your memory break records it whether you stop and listen to it or not. Everything in this room, everything that's going on in this room, your memory is downloading it. Okay? If you don't believe it, if I'm talking to you and somebody does something, your teacher would be drawn to it. See what I'm saying? Everything. It takes in everything. Well, when the word is in there and you're taking in the word and that shouldn't be there, it just, it just burns it out. So I burn out everything. I keep burning out everything by putting. Nothing can stay in me that's not of God because I keep putting the fire in me. That's a consuming fire. If that consuming fire, God showed me that when it went into my memory brain, my memory brain's a computer. I have to download everything I want in my computer. Do you understand? My books are downloaded in my computer. You with me? So it has to be downloaded for that computer to work and have that in it. So I put that in my computer, okay? So that Bible is computed into my brain. And because God said, and Betty, it's a consuming fire. Me and God talked this way. He said, Betty, it's a consuming fire. And said, when you put it in there, he said, everything you heard on them dirty shows when you was dressing, it burned it out. I let pornography that you could hear in the back of you, it burn it out. Ever lustful that's been looked at you, lusted after you, or you have caused lust, it burn it out. And said so not only that, it talks about girding up your lines. Lust is here. Lust is something that will burn. If you had sex 20 times, you still wouldn't be fulfilled because of the lust in your lines. He said that word went down in your lines and burned out all the lust that you... See, whenever you're dancing and you're causing men to lust, that lust, you're getting it back. And all that lust was getting in my lines, getting in my body. And that word burnt all of that lust out. It burnt everything in me out. If you men have any problems with lust or any problems with pornography, if you'll just play that to your brain, it will drive it out of you. Because everything's thinking. Everything is in here. It goes all over your body. I actually believe that that Bible in me, when the leukemia tried to come into my blood, I believe it went and devoured, burned it out. See, nothing can touch me. The Lord showed me that I'm stronger than disease, that I kill disease. Okay? Every time anything touches me, my white cells fly up great big into thousands, hundreds. It devoured it like that. And he told me he did this on purpose. 
they try to say it's leukemia when your high white cells go up. No, your white cells are supposed to go up to kill off any disease in your body. And the doctors tell me my body has been made to such a point that my white cells goes up and attacks it and knocks it out quickly. I perfect my body with what? The Word of God. And it says it goes into the, divides into where? Well, ain't we got plenty of sense? Ain't we got plenty of sense to send that in there and do this stuff? It keeps your body perfect. When I come back, I'm going to bring my blood work, and I'm going to show you all. I'm going to show you how perfect my blood work is. My doctor is reading it in the computer the first day I went from my other doctor. She's reading it, and she turns around, and she says, how do you do it? I said, do what? My God, girl, you're, you're 80, and your blood work's perfect? How do you do it? I said, I put Jesus in me. She said, what do you mean? I said, I downloaded the Word of God in my brain, and I said, it goes all over my body. I said, that Word is in my messengers that goes and tells my body how to function. And I said, when it sees anything that's not supposed to be in my body, it burns it out. Glory to God. I said, my heart is regulated by the Word of God. I said, everything is in order. I said, God's a God of order. And I said, He has order. And I tell my body, you've got to be in line with God's order, and you've got to work and function like God says function. Amen. So you've got to realize that the Word of God is so powerful and and you're denying the very thing that's going to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Huh? God said, I sent forth my word in thy flesh and it healed thee. Well, why in the world ain't you putting that word in your flesh to heal thee? I said, good Lord, the more word I put in me, the more healed I'll become. Well, whoo, come on word. I mean, I'm not stupid. I'm smart. You spend all your time trying to make money and trying to have stuff and you can't take none of it with you. My sister goes to the doctor because she'd been having a little fainting-like spells. and They tell her when she gets to the doctor, she needs to go straight to hospice. She's dying with cancer. She don't get to take her pocketbook with her that she took with her to the doctor. They take her pocketbook home. I want, to think of, I want you women to think about your little personal stuff and how much it means to you and all. She had to go to hospice. Never get to go home to divide her stuff or say you can have this or anything. Anything that meant a lot to you. Just think of all these little things that you think is so important. And it's not. What is more important is time you spend preparing yourself that God can use you. We're trying to have all these beautiful stuff and have things and start turning loose of things can't take them with you. She couldn't take one thing with her. I watched one sister and brother, one after another, die. They can't take a thing. And I see their children go on cruises with their money because they work so hard to try to pay bills with or fight over who's going to get what. It's sad. Start thinking about spiritual things. Where are you going? What have you done for God? What are you doing each day for God? Do you know that I'm a magnet to my needs? Okay. I went to California to speak worldwide. And I decided 
because I was chosen to be the one to do our first broadcast all over the world, and I didn't have nothing to say. And I stood there as they were asking me to do it, and I said, God, you know what? I don't have nothing to say, but boy, you do. I said, God, how would you like to speak to all of your creation at one time? I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Father. I'm going to go, but I'm going to open my mouth and let you talk. That's it. Every attention at one time. You know what he said? Never, ever get, forget it as long as I live. This is what God said. I'm going to tell the whole creation how much he loved them. This is how he told them. As I started out, I'm standing there, but it's not me. I'm watching God do it. And I watch God, and he's looking over here, and he's seeing Jesus being beat and on the cross. Over here, he's seeing the family. This is how he started off. He said, I really wanted a family, and I wanted someone I could talk to. I wanted someone that I could fellowship, so we decided, my son and the Holy Spirit, we decided to come down to earth and make us a family. So we made us a family, and so that it would be our family, we made them look like us, made them in our image. God's telling him this. And he said, oh, I loved what I made. I loved them so much. I just would walk and talk with them and have so much fellowship with them. And I loved it. But Satan come in and stole my family. And I had to find a way. I miss you so much, family. I long to hold you. I want you to come in. I want to talk with you again. I want you back. The only way, the only way I have to let my son. And I look and see Jesus over here being crucified. Everybody in that place was Tommy Barnett's church in Alabama, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So many people that they pushed open screens and are outside windows, sliding glass doors are everywhere people hearing this, and it's nationwide television. The tears are streaming down my eyes as I'm telling this, but I, I'm, not even, I'm not even talking. I mean, it's not me. It's just coming forth, and his voice is really loud. It was awesome. Demons, people start falling out in the place, demons screaming out. Pastors going over and casting demons out and holding them on the floor. During this thing, and this was, I let God talk to his creation that day. God is saying, if you concentrate yourself, I'll talk to, through you and to you. And I will talk to my family through you. But I'm asking you to clean yourself up. Come into my presence. Really sell out to me and let me be your God. Be my family. Communicate with me. I made you for one purpose. 
and that was to fellowship with me. Yet you have more fellowship with everybody, and you don't find the time to come away and be along with me. You are my beloved, says the Lord, and you are to spend time with my son because he is preparing you for what he wants in a bride. It's not what you think he wants. Are you compatible to him? You must be compatible to the son of the living God to be his bride. And I'm asking you to come and spend the time with him. He is the word of God, and it's that word that cuts away. It's that word that prepares you. It's that word that puts in you and makes you that compatible. The word with word. You have to become word to be his bride, says the Lord. Strong, isn't it? I want you to know it ain't me talking to you. I think the Lord is doing more with you this morning than your spiritual warfare. But you know, God can't use you if you're unclean, if you're not spending time with Him. If you're not to the place the devil's going to say, but you have this, I don't have to obey you. You've not done this. You are sinning. Because he tells you to abide in the word and you don't abide in the word. So you give me influence in your life. You give me influence in your children. You give me influence in your jobs. You give me influence because you're disobedient to my son. And I sent my son to die for you. And you're still disobedient. Lord, please let me get warmer. Not. I'm sorry. This is a part of my ministry that's hard because God wants you to come in just like he made you to fellowship with him. Forget other fellowships. He has to be your most fellowship. I cut myself away. I rarely see anybody except when I go to church. Once in a while I go out to eat with somebody. But I fellowship and fellowship. I shut up my doors. I stay in my little condo. I go to the pool before anybody else does. 7.30, I'm in the pool doing my workout. Then a few little old ladies will come and I'll minister to them. God will let one come and I'll minister to her. She'll leave it. Doesn't come and I'll minister to her. It's like he just uh, giving me a little time to talk to other people about him. I want you to discover what God's really saying to you. God is saying, I'll give you a job. I made you an ambassador on this earth. I saved you that you could take my kingdom on earth back. Jesus is going to set his kingdom up on earth. I want you to be so spiritual minded with the word that he can dedicate nations for you to rule. But if you can't rule the demons... And you're going to judge the wicked according to my word. Are you capable? Do you know my word good enough? Would you like to be judged by yourself? Think what you know. Would you want somebody to judge you at the end time with what you know by the word? That tells you where you're at. You know. <laughs> Glory to God.
this is what I got fasting and praying for a mountain. This is how God talked to me. This is how God showed me he wanted fellowship. You see, I shut my myself away for 30 years. I'd spend three days fasting. The rest of the week I would shut myself away in the Word of God, writing and praying, fasting. Listen, I fasted for 30 years, three days a week. I would have soup, fast three more days, have something, eggs or something. Helen's a nurse, so she'd make sure I had something to help me. For three more days, I did this for 30 years. I studied that word for 30 years, but I played it seven years straight to me. If I can do it, you can do it. If I'm going to preach the gospel, I better have the gospel in me. How can I be a woman of the gospel if I don't know it? How can I be a woman of the gospel if it's not inside of me? The word of God should be manifesting out of us everywhere we go. Everywhere we go, things should happen. Run with me sometimes and you'll see what I'm talking about. I started to tell you how I become a magnet to my needs. This lady can vouch for me. I went to California and I was closing on my house in North Carolina. And closing in my house in Florida. They were going to close in North Carolina, borrow the money to Florida to my condo. And she was going to close that evening. Okay? But I'm in California. So I signed all the legal papers I need to sign so they could close. And so they closed my condo while I'm gone. And I'm going to be gone for about another week, too. So this little lady goes over to my condo said, Pastor Betty, I'd moved in before I left uh, from Tim's little house. She let me go ahead and move my boxes and stuff in, but I couldn't set up much because I didn't own it yet. <laughs> I couldn't do nothing. And so she said, Pastor Betty's going to come back. She's going to be tired. And she says, we've got to go over and set this stuff up. Well, her husband, I took off from his busy. He owned a big company. He was losing money by doing this. I went over and painted. It was looked like a pumpkin, every room. Orientals had it, so it looked like a pumpkin. And he went over and did a first-class job of painting every room in the house. Then she goes in, buys me furniture, towels, dishes, everything. She interior decorates. She interior decorated my house. I come home, everything. The only thing she did do, she said, nobody needs six pairs of pants, paddle pushers, and others. So here's why I had them. I may go for one month to preach, but go back home. That means I have to have an everyday suitcase, and then I have to have dress clothes. That means I have to have 30 outfits. See if I had these kind of clothes like this. But I do have a lot of clothes, but most of my clothes are bought for me or given to me. People give me stuff or buy me stuff all the time. Most of my clothes cost $200 a dress, but I don't just, I'm not the one that pays for them generally. Uh, other people buy me clothes. One lady, well, anyway, I come home. I had a perfect house. I just walked around. I cried. I couldn't believe nobody loved me so much as they do that. Isn't that awesome? This is what, this is the things that happens to me. Is they come into being. I become a magnet. If I have a need, it comes flying to me. I'm in uh, Suncoast. 
And I said, Lord, how somebody walk up to me this morning? I only got $5 to give in the offering, and I want to give so bad, and I would really like to give more. And somebody just walks over and hands me a card and there's $20. I said, praise God, I got 25 So I took the 25 Instead of me keeping it, I put the 25 on my 5 and I put it in. I walk outside. No, I go do a television show, and the man that I interviewed, when he got through, put a $100 bill on my head. <laughs> so I'm just showing you these things become a magnet. When I was up here before, a pastor went ahead and paid for my plane ticket to L.A., and he was making reservations, a lot of reservations. He just went ahead and put his card in. Before I left here, I had the money to make him for that reservation. Do you see? I, I contact these things come automatically to me. Anything that I have a need of, it automatically comes to me. And yours will too if you serve God. God told me, listen, last time I come up here, you don't know this, but I had $15 to my name, period. And I give away about nine in tips to people sending up with my luggage. So that means I had about $5. That's all I give. You know what all happened right there. How God blessed me. You see that. I know that when I come, God told me to go with an empty purse. He did. Take a purse with me. And wherever I go, stay, if they're good for me. And I know that I'm being put up when I'm here, and I know I'm going to have food when I'm here. Well, I'm not going to let the devil say, you can't go because you ain't got money to go on. Go anyway. I come this time, I had 25. So all my bills are paid. My bills are always paid. I pay my bills first or anything left, then that's mine with me. God is so good all the time. Well, when he gave me the school, starting in St. Petersburg, it was either, was I going to retire or keep traveling? I'm getting so I don't want to travel too much. It's hard on me now. And so when he gave me the Bible school, every three months we have books. We have to print books and get books, and that brings in like $2,400 every three months. That's when I used to make book, pay books, reprint books or something big, okay? And then the only money I get for doing the school is I charge $5 per hour. I do two hours on each class. That's $10. How many of you would work two hours for $10? I do. That pays my gas and buys my food. You see how God takes care of whatever need I have. When I go preach, I'm invited to come and preach. If I preach on Sunday, they give me $2,000, and I've never asked for that. Generally, my offerings in churches is $2,000, and I've never asked, give me this or that. I do ask them to put me up in a hotel or someone's home where I'm well taken care of. And I tell them I have to have water on the pulpit. I just tell them the little things. You have to get the airport, give me airplane ticket. I do tell them that. And so this is how how I become a magnet to my needs. Everything that I have need, God just brings it to me. Amazing, isn't it? And God do the same for y'all. He is no respected person. Look how many things we've accomplished. Right there in Bill Power Mountain, listen to me. Mama Choi and I never took our offering. We took all our offerings, and people give us big money because it was big crusades. It was three or four assemblies that come together at one time. 
and fill coliseums and fill big big churches. And they'd give us big offers. We'd take them back and put it in prayer mountain. And today we have a church that has already turned out 500 members. We had got it so full that we had to go by another church in Riverside and send the pastor next crew over there, get us another pastor. We raised up our own pastors, called them on Prayer Mountain. Now it's getting full again, and we burst it in in intercession. We have a 1,000-seater. We have a 500-seater. We have two or three 200-seaters. We have many 50-seaters, and we have 160 acres. And we started off with a tent. And it was hot. But see, we stayed with it. We kept preaching. We kept giving. And look today what we have. It takes that consistency. It takes that, do you really serve God? Are you really called to preach? I'm really called to preach. I preach almost every day. Or pray. Are you really? Are you really doing something for God? Are you? If you're called to preach, you should be doing these things. You should be accomplishing things. There's nothing impossible with God. Let's go back. I'll get away from this. Let's go back. Stay with it now. I want us to do this. What time have I got? Keep going the other way. You're going. Okay, here's spirit of fear. Now, this is what the people did and got shot. Those that had fear got shot. Those that didn't. What you fear comes on you. They could have dodged this by binding fear. Two times I've been crashing in an airplane and I binded the spirit of fear and death and it didn't crash. And I did it loud too. So I want you to look. The Bible says what you fear comes on you. Man's heart will fail them. The reason I want you to know what strong men, when people talk about strong men, I want you to know what a strong man is and what it does and what it manifests out of it. Don't believe people when they say, well, the strong man over so-and-so is so-and-so and give you some kind of crazy name you can't pronounce. Uh-uh. God knows that we can't do that kind of thing, and they do that on purpose because they know you don't. It makes them look good and you look dumb. That's a seducing spirit. Look at this, spirit of fear. And the Bible says all of these things. Look at all of it does. It belittles you. It's critical of you, fear, uh, fear of man, rejection, uh, timid, judgmental. See all of the different things in this spirit of fear? Okay, you got any of these or you know anybody that's got any of these? Well, you know they have a spirit of fear. And when you sever the root of mammon and bind the spirit of fear and loosen these demons and send them to the footstools of Jesus, they can't come back. Now you've got to be stowed back. What's the opposite of fear? He did not give you a what? Did not give you a spirit of fear, but of what? And peace, joy. So you got to put back. God, well, I'll show you. Got it in the paper. Now go to the next one. The deaf and dumb spirit. Jesus cast this out. He said, "You deaf and dumb spirit, come out of him." What did Jesus say? This is where I got this. What did Jesus say when he done it? The man come to Jesus and he said, "I have a son." He goes into convulsions. He has fits. He throws himself in, he tries to drown himself, throw himself into the fire. We tie him up with chains and he breaks them, means he's powerful. Come on. These are the manifestations of that spirit. You see how I got this? I looked at the manifestations of everything they said to Jesus when he cast the demon out or what Jesus said about that demon. And this is how it's studied. 25 pages of it. You know why you don't? You've not run reference on the Bible. And you may not know how. I'm going to show you in a few minutes. 
Okay, go to the next one. Spirit of jealousy. Cain and Abel had this. He got jealous of his brother's sacrifice. He actually knew that it took a blood sacrifice. He knew that. But he wanted to show God and his brother how smart I am, what a great farmer I am. He had pride. What happens when we have pride, you see? He had pride. But because God did not accept what a great farmer he thought he was, and his brother didn't, and they probably argued, he probably said, you know, Abe, that's not what God's looking for. It's got to be a blood sacrifice to cover your sins. And he got mad. What did he do? He's jealous of his brother's sacrifice. What did he do? He murdered his brother. That's how the first murder come into the world. These are the first kids, okay? Okay, what happened in Adam and Eve? How did they lose out? They ate. Eating brought the first sin in the world and rebellion against God. How did he take it out? Quit eating. Fast. It just goes to show you the appetite will, what flesh will eat. Losing all power with God and all power over Satan to a muscle of flesh. Isn't that scary? Look at the children of Israel. God sent them quails so they would have meat. And they all gathered up over 150 bushels of quail and dressed them, made them like teriyaki, like we do teriyaki, dried them, so they'd have more. Yet God could, would have sent the whales the next day if they hadn't have done that. Because of them not trusting God, guess what? They all died. With the meat still in their mouth. That's something. You've got to be careful. Their place has got opened up the earth and swallowed them whole for idolatry. We're practicing. We're letting... It'd be practiced in America right now. And that's why all these holes are opening up in the earth and swelling houses and everything else. We got to change things. Next one. Haltiness. This is one that God says unless we get rid of this and humble ourselves and pray. He says he's not going to change our nations if we do. Well, humbling yourself, you put fasting as a fasting as humbling there is. And until we do this, he's not going to change our nation. You can pray all you want to. Prayer is talking to God, and he ain't listening unless you're in agreement with his word. You have to be in agreement. There's a protocol to walking in to uh, talk to God. Just as a, you go into a king, there's a how do you say that? scepter to getting in. And when... Uh, Esther went. He had to put out his the king always puts out his thing. So say it again. Yeah, give it up. Otherwise, you can be killed for going and see the king without the right protocol. What this means in the spiritual realm, if you go in without the right protocol to God, he gives you a protocol. And if you go without the right protocol, you open the area where Satan can attack you. And you know the word. You know you're supposed to say this or do this or before you go in. Really and truly, we should really, if we really want to get serious with God and we want some prayers answered, we should cleanse ourselves before children. Uh, Lord, here's what I do. I say, Father, I do this before I go to bed and sometimes when I wake up. 
if I've said or done anything contrary to your word in any way or not been obedient to anything you've said to me, I'm asking you to please forgive me. Cleanse me afresh. Help me. Make me more strong. Sweet Holy Spirit, I, I don't want to have to say this because I want to be I want to be protected in these areas. I want to so be in his will. I want to be obedient. Help me to quicken to me. Shall we quick to not think? I'm writing a book on your thoughts and words and how much you're giving space to Satan to come into your lives and hurt you now so that your eyes will be open because that's how I got leukemia. So we need to bind the haltiness and by fasting and praying you can do this because look what it gives you, a superior attitude. If you're superior more than anybody, egotistic, uh, vanity, see all of these things, pride, forward, mouth, and all of these self-righteous, controlling, domineering, gossiper, scornful, holy art thou, lofty look, mockery. God just give me about 25 words to give to the people that count our money at church. And I took it to this pastor and I said, this is what God told me to print out and give to the people. And uh, he read it and grinned. He said, I want a copy of this. This is good. <laughs> and in that, they like to talk a lot. I've heard some of it. And gossip in Proverbs 21, 23, and 24. Gossip is, Judy, I love you so much that I can sit down with you and I can really talk to you. Men, you can abode and talk, and you can correct me. I give you permission to. We can carry this conversation. I trust you that much. So this is what go what gossip would be. If Judy betrayed that confidence that I put in her, that I loved her so much, that I honored her so much that I told her things I wouldn't even up here, but. I want you to help me, maybe even correct me or judge me. I'm open to that. And she went and betrayed my confidence by telling you. That's gossip. You broke your oath and confidence that you made before God. And people don't quite understand, so I'll go into all the details of what gossip is. Then you don't want to do it when you find out that someone cared enough about you to put confidence in you. They secured you enough that they could trust you with that information. That's sad that we don't understand this and we betray our own brothers and sisters in it. Boy, I don't know, but I'm hot. You hot? Is it hot in here? Is it anointing? I get preaching, I get hot. That's why I didn't bring my coat. I get hot. Okay, let's go look to another. The first spirit. Look at it, everybody. This is what's causing all the sexual perversion in the earth, and if we bound this, we could stop it. Listen to this. Pastor was reading to us from the state overseers that half, half, of the pastors have got into perversion and had to have deliverance. Now listen to me. The 
if I had perversion, and I stand up here and speak to you, I transfer it into every one of you. Because you're open, I'm your pastor, and you're open to hear what I have to say. Now, I'm going to tell you how to stop that, okay? First of all, we're supposed to pray for those in authority over us, which you in our school do every single week, okay? That they won't get off, that they won't be subject to stuff like this. We find these strong men from them every single week, a few times a week, okay? But the thing that you want to do, before you step before anybody, me or anybody else, nobody's perfect. You say, I refuse to receive anything in my body or my spirit or soul that's not of God. And I plead the blood of Jesus over me. You do that every time before you step before somebody and they can't transfer it. Anybody that is up speaking or singing, that's why I'm so bad about the choir. If the, the choir should be most holy people in the church. Why? If they got spirits and they're singing and you're worshiping God together, you're transferring, they're transferring those spirits in you. Whatever they got, you're getting. So you bind those spirits from coming out of them into you. I made my, I wouldn't let anybody in my pulpit. I'm not letting nobody unclean come up here in my pulpit at all. I have to really know you. Not few, I didn't have many speakers in my church because I had to come back and correct what they done. There's not that many people really know the, the truth. You had to really know something. They not that many gets whipped. And that's one anyway. But my people had to fast and pray and had to be godly people before they got to sing in my church. Just anybody ain't going up there. Just anybody, and and you've had to dress right. Nobody ever got in my pulpit and had on white pants where it revealed their bodies. Because I'm not letting people in that church lust, men lust after the Lord. Amen. I'll put you on robes first. I think they should go back to robes anyway because everybody's dressing too, too much. Yes, okay. Okay, now. Just go now. Perverse. This is perverse. Unclean spirit, Jesus cast this out, Okay. And I want you to look at the different things in this unclean spirit here, okay? Unclean has to do with discharge. It has to do with sexual. It has to do with cancer. Anything that oozes, uh, diseases, and stuff that does like cancer does. So I want you to see this. The reason I know cancer's in it is the woman that was been over, she had spent all that she had. She had been bleeding. Uh, everything that it said she did, I had before they took my wound out, and it was a massive cancer. So that's how I knew this spirit was an unclean spirit. So I want you to see the different things of this unclean spirit. You've got 25 more pages for that many more of these, and these are the scriptures that you find the unclean spirit. And Jesus told that unclean spirit to be bound and to leave her. In, amen? So we do that in the name of Jesus. Go to the next one. The spirit of divination. Now, the divination spirit and the witch, uh, uh, familiar spirit will work together. They both do witchcraft. Witchcraft is not in itself a, a strong man. Witchcraft is a demon of the strong man. In the Bible, they don't say witchcraft. They say uh, they call it a demon. In the Bible, they say divination, the spirit of divination. 
Remember the woman at the witchcraft that, that they wanted to bring Samuel up, a woman of divination that had a familiar spirit. See, both works together to bring him up so that he could hear the prophet. So this is where I'm getting all this stuff. See, I got all this stuff from the Bible, and it's in the Bible. Well, my mind is like a computer. You bring up one spirit, my mind is it brings it all in, and I'm just reading it down. Because you ain't played the Bible to yours, you don't have that. But I'm a computer. If you type on my computer a word, it brings it from all over everywhere. Well, my mind does that. God made you a computer. Your mind will do that and have all of these different things to it if you just put the word in. It perfects. It perfects you. It makes that thing, once you put that word of God in you, it's capable of everything there is inside of you. And we're the one losing out because we're not taking the time to spend that time with God. Why don't you, instead of taking a vacation and going somewhere, if you want to go somewhere, go get your room somewhere up in the mountain, shut yourself in with the Bible, and go through the Bible. Do you more good than anything you could ever do. It would perfect your body, first of all. It'd perfect your soul. It'd download your soul. It'd, kill, it'd take out all them emotions that you had in there. It'd take out all of those past memories that you got. You know, I can't picture my ex-husband's face. I don't know what he looks like. If I met him on the street, I wouldn't know. My husband's dead, but everything that hurt me, God removed. I can't remember. And people say, you remember when we done so-and-so? Hmm? He took my past and put it in the... Uh-huh. It's no more. It's been destroyed. I have no past. I've been forgiven, and he took it flat away. Not only that, he took my memories of it, but everything that hurt me bad, the things that caused me to backslide, the things that really almost destroyed me, he, did, he took them all out of my memory. So I have them. I have no, you see, you can't work with hurt. You can't have no hurt in you. So God had to take all hurt, all memory out that I won't hurt. Hurt hurts. I would hurt you if I still had that. So God had to heal me. This woman come to my house one time and she said, Betty, uh, God wants me to do some inner healing to you. I, I don't know about this. And she says, she made me sit down. And she says, this little box. No, you're not going to do that. Yes, I am. And she takes this little, she opens it. Ooh, come on out. Come out. Come out. And she went through each of these little boxes in here and opened it up and pulled it out. And it was like that. She had cords, and she just kept pulling, kept pulling until she pulled it all out. That's the inner healing. I was sitting in Morcerella, and some girl sitting across from me, and she starts talking to me. And as she talks to me, it's like I'm pulling it out of her mouth. And God said, this is inner healing. You're doing inner healing. Keep pulling. I just kept letting her talk, and as she's talking, it's like I'm pulling this big rope right out of her mouth, all of this stuff out of her that's been hurt for all this time. See, God wants you delivered. He wants all this out of you. He don't want these thought and imagination coming to torment you. That's tormenting spirits. You don't need them. You can be free from all that. I'm the most freest woman you've ever seen in your life. I have nothing bothering me. I know God's going to take care of me no matter where I go, what I do. I'm so free. I have so much peace. I lay down and sleep straight through. Woohoo! I wake up rejoicing. I go to bed rejoicing. Glory to God. He's so good. Woohoo! I love living for Jesus. Come on. Familiar spirit, I told you, I put these clothes together because dominating, stubborn, disobedient, delusion, lewd, deceitful, corrupt, arrogant, false vision, see, rebellion, 
Now, I'll tell you something that you might let in, open this door, is the Bible says, do not let the word leave your eyes or your ears. The Bible says to pray for those in authority you every day. That's called rebellion, not prayer. So you've got to make up a choice that I've got to do this because I'm in rebellion. It'll open the door for every one of these spirits to come into me and bring a stronghold on my life. You see why it's important if you know this stuff? This is old stuff. I printed this book in 84 or maybe from like 70 something. I don't remember. Go ahead. I've added to it though. Era is when we get an era about the word, we get an error in anything that we do, and this is the spirit of error. They had errors. Okay, we go into, and I'm going to give you by not knowing reference to the Bible how wrong you can be about the word of God. And whenever Timothy and all of them, Paul and all of them was going, and he went to Corinthians, the, the people over there, their religion was having orgies in the church. Men would come in the church and have orgies with the women. Well, whenever they come through and start telling them this is wrong, or this is sin, and this is the truth, and they decided that they wanted to really know the truth. And so they asked the disciples, uh, could, is there some way you could put the women where we can't see them because we don't want to. We want to pay attention to the word of God, and we don't want to lust after them. So they put them upstairs where they couldn't see back behind them. Well, you know us women, where we get to hearing the word of God and we get all excited about it, and we got a big mouth. They kept hollering down to their husbands, John. What did he say? And his disciples said, would you women please be quiet up there and wait till you get home and ask your husband. Don't disrupt the service and quit pulling authority over your husband, the men. Now, I want you to look how much that scripture has been taken out of context. Yet Paul has women preachers where he's talking from one woman's house, preaching to another woman's house. And telling her, don't let them come back and teach them the going back into law. They will try to do it. Protect your children. They call them their members' children then. And they called them the elect. One elect lady said hello to the elect lady, meaning pastor. So I'm here. You girls, once you get my book on Can Women Preach, right here it is. I'll let you have it today for $5. And I generally sell it for 20 I want you to. Get that so you'll know who you are and what God really says about us women. I am tired of men putting us down, and they're doing it. Any man that puts a woman down for preaching is working against God. And first of all, he's trying to pull authority and make himself look good and you look bad. That's what it is, trying to be man-man. He's not much man because he would be more reverent to that woman because she is a weaker. He would be helping her instead of hurting her. That's not the way that when you're called of God that you're going to talk to anybody. So you shouldn't. Go ahead with the next one. Lying spirit. Woohoo! If you ain't careful, look at this. Tell bearing a religious spirit, exaggeration, flattery, lies, insinuations, or wives' tales. Listen to me. People still do that. Wives' tales all the time on Facebook. And I'm going to tell you something. These letters that they send out, send to 10. Don't do that. That's horse stuff. That, that, that is not 
Don't do that. It's wrong. I don't do that, and I don't like to get them. And I don't like, I tell some people that, and some people will even say, my horoscope said today, and I go back to them, I say, what you just did was you asked Satan, what is going to happen in my future for me? That's what you're doing. I said, those fortune tellers, your horoscope is fortune tellers. And they're going to Satan. Satan is speaking through them to you to throw you off, not tell you the truth for your day. So don't listen. Don't go to them. Listen. Every time you see one of these places, you say, God, I sever the root of mammon off of them, and I decree no finances will come in for familiar spirit and divination to this house in Jesus' name. Now, Father, send forth your spirits for those who will aid salvation to minister to them for salvation in Jesus' name. I watch as their light burn out. I watch as their Mercedes got sold. I saw God doing what I asked. But they see they're not going to get no money out of selling fortunes. They're going to go to something else. Don't let that happen. They put on television here a while back, years ago. Um, call me. I'll tell you your future. You remember, pay, and they'd try to keep you on the phone to add it up. Well, I cursed every one of their ads, every one of their shows. I cursed it because it's against God's will. It wasn't long. They went off the air. So if you see one, curse it. We can curse things of the devil. We can curse it that it will not grow, that it will not produce, that it will not entangle people and put them spirits in them. You break its power. I do. And it works. So this is your line spirit. Go to the next one. Now, if you want to know what strong men, here they are, and they're all in the Bible, and here's the scriptures, and you've got 25 pages of scriptures on every one of these. So anybody that has a heavy spirit, now I want you to look at the things on this tree. If an older person dies and the other person mourns too long, they may live one year and die too because this spirit becomes a heavy spirit. You should not mourn over a year. If it's over a year, then it's become a heavy spirit has come in, settle on you to take you out. So you need to start having joy and, and practicing joy and making a life for yourself and be happy. Okay? It's time to move on, in other words, or die. And you've got to make a choice what you want. Okay? So when you bind this spirit, if you see a lady like that or a man like that, bind that heavy spirit. I had this man in our church recently, and when I come, uh, Pastor told me to go to lunch with him, and he had lost his wife. All he talked about at lunch was his dead wife. He still had her Christmas decorations up, and it had been two years. And he said, I'm not taking them down. She put them up. I look at them, she put them up. You've got to. She's dead. She's gone. Guess what? I said, listen, you can either bury her and make a new life for yourself, or you're going to die. I told him that. He died. Everybody was shocked. It's fun, too, in the church, wasn't it? But he died. He, he mourned himself to death. He said, I can't hardly stand it without her. So he died. He's with her now. I think that's what happened with Jen, too. Imagine somebody like Paul Crouch had done everything for you. Depend on somebody like that. 
he was some smart man, but I don't think she could have been here. And I was really shocked that she died when she died so close behind him. But I could actually see them rejoicing. I could actually see how happy they were when they reunited. I saw them in the spirit, and it was just, I put on Facebook, I said, well, they have reunited, and it is an awesome reunion that they have. But saints, just think how much grew they took all over the world, all over the world. There's so many people, and so many people were saved. Let me tell you how important television ministry is. I was asked to come to Charlotte, not Charlotte, but Atlanta, to be on Trinity. I get to Trinity, and she's introducing me, and she says, I cannot tell you how honored I am today to have Betty Green in this room with me because she told how many years ago she was on the same station telling her testimony, and by her telling her testimony, she led me to Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I had no idea. And here she is on Trinity introducing me to tell that testimony to other people. So you have no idea. When they'd bring me up to Lester Summers, I asked the producer, we could become good friends. I would say, uh, he said, Betty, I'm going to send you some of the letters. I want you to maybe answer them or see what people are saying. He would send me big envelopes just full of letters, and they would say, Betty, while you was praying, he said, let me pray with you now. Said I laid my grass down and my beer, and you prayed. I got on my knees at the coffee table and I prayed with you. I couldn't find Lester Green. It was all kind of testimonies where they were totally set free of demonic powers just by my testimony on television. So this is so. My television, my testimony is on TV. If you go to my website, Pastor Betty Sudruth, go down, it's Lee Benton on there, her television CBS broadcast, and it tells my whole testimony. And it's pretty good. Then you go to YouTube and just put in my name, and it tells my testimony where I've done it many times, different places. You can pick it up, and then you have it on tape. But let's go to the next one, Spirit of Heaviness. Uh, Spirit of Infirmity, this is bacteria, uh, divers of it different things, arthritis, all of these come out of a spirit of infirmity, okay? Infirmities is not quite sicknesses as much. It's uh, more like arthritis, uh, sciences, uh, you know, in other areas. So I wanted you to see in a different uh, frame of it because uh, sicknesses come under other things like the unclean spirit too. Come on, let's go, keep going. Uh, spirit of whoredom here, and I was real surprised at this one uh, of what it is, fornication, and it's also perverseness, the love of money, adultery, love of the world, self-exaltation. Also, uh, whoredom is whoring after other gods um, and other things. Actually, if you spend more time with one other thing, you're committing whoredom. If you don't give God the time you give and you give a lot of time to something else, it can be your God. You should give more time. You should give more time to God than you do television. You should give more time to God than you do different things. So where is your time spent? How much time do you give God? You know, giving God time is more important than giving people, ministry, or anything. You've got to minister to God first before you minister to others. 
So you've got to have that quality time that you spent with God. Man, God just goes all over my house. But I'm always in tongues. I'm rarely ever in English with him. But he's in the bedroom. He's in the living room. He's in the kitchen. He's in the sunroom. He's everywhere all over the house. You know what I do when I'm working out in the pool? Hmm? You know what I'm doing? I'm just Oh, man, I'm punching. I'm, I'm doing it the whole time. Nobody has no idea of what I'm doing. <laughs> That's why I try to go at 7.30. <laughs> I build up my spirit for the day. Woo! I thank God give you that pool on purpose so I could go over it. And I want you to know, devil, I'm up before you are. Ha, ha, ha. Do, do. I thought I was going to do it. And I'm going with my hands. I'm just, I got spears in my hands, you know, and I got the sword, and I'm just cutting. And Yahoo, God. Come on. Me and God have a good time, though. Huh? What did it say, Charlie? Greed and gluttony? Oh, position standing? Well, uh, I would say, what is your position of standing? Some people think their position is higher than others or, you know what I'm saying? Well, if you read the scripture probably and then commentary. Let's move real faster because i got something I have to show. Antichrist spirit, here's your Antichrist spirit. Seeks to rule, deceives, imposters, substitutes, evil forces, false leaders, seduces, blasphemes, opposes Christ, vexes, attacks, destroys. Hampers ministry, seduces error, opposition, uh, opposes revelation, persecutes the saints, claims authority, and denounces. Woo! Go on. You know anybody like that? Is that it? How many do you do? There's 16 of them, by the way. Okay, let me tell you about mine then, okay. Then, if you got a reference Bible, I want you to get it out. Here's how you bind a strong man. Listen to me. Satan, in the name of Jesus, in the name and blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I bind you according to Matthew 18 and 18, which says, Whatsoever I shall bind on earth shall bend in heaven. Whatsoever I shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And also, devil, it is written, For any two, which are more of us here, shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father, which is in heaven. So I take authority over you, Satan, and over all your powers, rulers of darkness, principalities, remember, I go in ranks, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. First, I sever the root of mammon, money, the evil, to do evil with money, according to 1 Timothy 8, 6 and 10. And then you will put the name of the person that you're binding his spirit off of. I bind the spirit of, and you put the strong man there. If you're just going to put fear, I bind the strong man of fear, which is working in Danny's life. Satan, you will not speak or influence his mind, body, or soul, or spirit anymore. He is a child of God. and belongs to God. You must take your hands off of Dan, for I break any assignments you put upon him. I put my son's name there. I loosen Dan by casting out the spirit of bondage. In Jesus' name, I be stolen and put back into Danny 
the good spirits of God of freedom, peace, salvation, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I just took you through that, okay? Now, if it was un, a lost person, which I should have come down to this, I sever the root of mammon in Dan's life. I command the binders on Dan's eyes to be pulled down in the name of Jesus. I bind the deaf and dumb spirit, and now I loosen wisdom and salvation, and I cast out the deaf and dumb spirit and release the Holy Spirit into his life. I release, I bestow. Don't say release. You can't release Holy Spirit. He's not bound. Okay? I bestow the Holy Spirit and the spirit of adoption to Dan. I also bestow ministering spirits from God to minister to him, and I put a ring of fire around him to keep him safe. You can speak a ring of fire is a shield, the shield of God. Any time that God says he shield you, he's putting a fire. Demonic spirits will not go into fire. It will consume them. God's a consuming fire. He was a consuming fire in the bush. He says he is. Jesus is a consuming fire. It says he is. So each one of them is a consuming fire. God says, I'm your rear guard, and Jesus says, I'm your shield and buckle. So you got a ring of fire behind you and one in front of you. You think any disease is going to get in me? Uh-uh. Mm-mm. I follow in the list of strong men to bind and cast out and the list of God's spirits to put back and bestow in the person. So you would bind one and you would bestow back in the other, and that's what you would be doing. Amen. doing what? Good. What time is it? Nobody told me. Okay, when do I preach again? Thursday? Nobody's preaching that morning. I'm finished then. Okay. Okay. We can do what we want to do. I want, I want to do. Oh, you go, and I'll close up. And Make her picture, you know. What she looks like. No, I said take her uh, take her picture with you so you recognize it.
Everybody get one of these. Hey, hey, hand me those, hand those around. Make sure everybody's got one. Everybody got a strong